Hey everyone, I have to apologize for the audio quality of this week's episode of Idle Thumbs. Unfortunately, we lost Jake's audio file, uh, and so he is very quiet in this episode as his voice is sort of ambiently picked up by all the rest of our mics, but not doesn't really come through like you'd want it to. So really sorry about that. Um, hopefully the rest of us pick up the slack. In any case, uh, do your best at enjoying this week's episode of Idle Thumbs. It is August 26th, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 225. I'm Chris Remo. I am Sean Vanneman. I'm Jake Rodgers. I'm James Spafford. And I'm Danielle Riendo, The Last of Us. <laughs> God. Good. Really good. <laughs> that was officially your name because you like were like an ultra fan. That would be bad. Yeah, I've changed I, my last name to The Last of Us. To, <laughs> I just really, was, I just really responded to that exactly. game. <laughs> You got a free copy of The Last of Us. Look for at doing that. that though. And you got that tattoo on you. They invited me to the launch party for the DLC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're that girl who who changed her last name to The Last of Us. Yeah. Like, That's me. When you meet the devs at PAX. Like, oh, cool. I mean, Do you Neil want a Druckmann photo? And, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which game was that? The, the, wasn't it, was it a Hitman game? There no. Was some game. Oh, there was Turok. If you change oh if you change your name to Tirok, then you got a free copy of the game. My my favorite one of those is the oh, fuck. What game was it? It's like Need for Speed or something. They said, "Oh, uh, if you get caught speeding on the way to buy this game, we will pay your speeding ticket." Oh my god! <laughs> the UK police were like, "No, oh my god, <laughs> do not do that." <laughs> That's fantastic. Mm. What? Well done, I- PR. I know there are a lot of people, like, there are a lot of devs who get very excited when somebody has a tattoo of their game, and, like, yeah. they retweet it, and they, they sort of show it up. What of happens course. if somebody is, like, a passionate fan and has a tattoo of the game, and, you know, you're expected to kind of show it up, but it looks horrible and or is, like, offensive? It's off-model. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, <laughs> adult tattoo. Like, Yoshi's yeah. doing bad mm-hmm. things to Mario, and, yeah. like, what, well, yeah, okay, what do you yeah, do? Here's my slash fic Yoshi <laughs> Well, that's what I'm Sex saying. That, that must Miyamoto. happen. Yeah. That must happen. So what do what does a dev do? You Ignore go, oh, it, I'm sure. Nice. Ignore it. Yeah. There yeah. must be a thread on Gaff about like bad game tattoos. I've seen be. a bunch of like really horrendous looking Kratos. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, like no. weird fat bald Kratos. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Don't do I'm that to Kratos. Midlife crisis Kratos. He was speeding on the way to Need for Speed. Yeah. The worst version of a developer like soliciting anything like that was the publisher Acclaim in 2002 to promote its game uh, Shadow Man 2, which I, oh, I don't even remember what that Shadow was. Oh, God. The, the, the slogan for the game was Journey to the Death Side. And they, <laughs> were, they offered to pay people who would put 
a small advertisement for the game on the gravestone of dead relatives. Oh Jeez. my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, in the, in the UK. Wait, the when ch- was this? 2002. The Church of England said there was no way it would allow any of its graveyards to be used in such a fashion. A spokesman said there was enough fuss with plastic flowers in churchyards. Ah, <laughs> oh, the United Kingdom. That was also pre-iPhone. So you couldn't, like, upload a photo of that to Twitter after you took No, they're just presumably trying we- to go after people who walk through graveyards. Yeah, Our target market is people who oh, browse start- graves. That's around the time they could have started flash mobbing, like, real funerals. Yeah, that's true. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Flash mobbing, but then say Shadow Man was... Oh, man. Shadow, <laughs> Shadow Man. This is, this is the worst. A mob um, of Shadow Man. The... Acclaim Entertainment uh, said yesterday that the offer might, quote, particularly interest poorer families. Oh, my God. What? That's so horrible. This is offensive on every level. Acclaims yeah. are gone now, though, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is well, good. Is it, is it Tur- <laughs> was good. it Turok also Acclaim? Probably, no, Turok yeah. was previously owned no, by Acclaim and acclaim. sold to oh. Disney. I thought, I thought, okay. All right. But at the time, Disney. But at the time <laughs> yeah. that this... Turok was sold to Disney. I think the Name Your Kid thing was when it was the Disney Turok. Oh, really? Oh, crazy. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was Name Xbox, Your Kid. It wasn't Xbox, even Name Xbox, Yourself. Because the original... Yeah, name Your Child Turok. For oh, my God. God. How desperate are there are little Turoks running around who would be like in their teens now? Right? There is definitely like an no, eleven-year-old Turok. No, the Turok, Turok thing was also two thousand two. It was the same year as that the was a claim. Okay, so that, that was, was a definitely claim a claim. Okay, yeah, it, cl- just bad it clearly got eclipsed by yeah. the. <laughs> yeah, they just—they must have had some so well. weird marketing guy who just went on a fucking rampage. Yeah, in two thousand two. <laughs> Man, did they also do the the police chasing speed, Need for Speed one or whatever? That the would be that was, that was Electronic Arts. Oh, yeah, okay. but maybe it was a different car game. I don't know. It could be. Yeah, maybe they had I'm, a different. Maybe I'm bad mouthing. Like, if bad you guy. die in a car crash, <laughs> <laughs> we'll name a car after you or something. We're I'm sure. Start sending people cocaine. God. Good. Wow. Rockstar didn't send people drugs, did they? No, but they did get in trouble because people assumed that they had flooded the market with oh a bunch God. of pills it was that a claim. had Rockstar logos on. Oh, the speedy ticket thing. It was a claim. It was a claim in, guess what year? 2000 fucking 2. <laughs> There you go. A claim entertainment <laughs> wants to play the speeding, pay the speeding tickets of British drivers. As part of the release of its PlayStation 2 game, Burnout 2, Point of Impact, oh a claim will pay the ticket for any driver caught by a speed camera on October 11th. The British Department of Transportation believes that a claim is encouraging people to speed and to break the law. Sean White, a spokesperson for a claim, stated a claim was not really encouraging drivers to speed, but just wanting to, quote, ease the financial pain a bit. <laughs> So that guy, Sean White, that's probably the that's one. Probably the that's probably the guy. Boy, it's probably him. These are all his ideas. <laughs> what is Sean White doing LinkedIn. today? <laughs> Winning gold medals in the Olympics. Sean White desperate, acclaim. Yeah. Desperate acclaim. Right before its final <sighs> curtain. You know, late 90s acclaim had some actual good games, and then they went back to being mid-90s acclaim. The acclaim was NBA Jam, right? Yeah, they had some good, yeah, honestly NBA good games. Yeah, a great game. They were acclaimed. That's what they claim, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> boo. <laughs> I mean, there's... they had two different Turok name ones. There was one. The British version no. was couples should change their name to Turok, and then the American one was name your baby Turok. Wait, so, so a couple would be like two people would like now go by Turok. Turok. <laughs> oh, <laughs> weird. But we are Turok now. Change your first names. Or your... I get. I don't. Uh, I don't Amazing. know. Amazing. 
God, what it's a incredible. weird... incredible. In the UK, it's free to change your name if you're a student. Oh, maybe that's why they're a student? It. Yeah. You have to pay. And it's not actually that much to pay to change your name. But if you're a student, you can get it down for free. So you may as well. You may as well. <laughs> All these students out there. <laughs> that was probably their target audience at the yeah. time. There's a famous story about a guy who got gypped by a bank who charged him loads of money. Um, and he finally got a settlement from, uh, for, from them for like five pence or something. And he changed his name to... Uh, Scottish Bank PLC are a bunch of fascist <laughs> bastards and then they had to like make the checkout to that name <laughs> it's a game in the there system <laughs> oh that's Maybe so beautiful yeah cool cool so anyway welcome to uh, the podcast The Last of Us Riendo thank you I'm so glad to be here. You played Mario Maker, you said. I us. sure did. You've played it. I've played a Jake, lot of she's it. played it. I want to play it. Wait, Are you green with envy? Yeah. Good old 9-11. Good, good wow. old 9-11. I just find that really weird. I just find it weird that this very joyful, happy game is... is 9-11's a weird day for just Americans. Taking it back. Just, if you're 12. I guess that's true. If you're 12, you're like... 12? It's like, you know... Just December any other day. Or whatever. God, if yeah. you're 12, 9 11 happened before you existed. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You're just like, oh, yeah. I'm like right. that day. Yeah. And yet you somehow still know what, the, what Mario Maker is about. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's a good demographic <laughs> yeah, to be in. Yeah, from now on, 9 11 will be synonymous with the day Mario right. Maker. Maybe they're trying I mean, to reclaim how long it. Until, <laughs> like, instantly, right? Game Mario Maker comes out on 9 11. Sean. Instantly, somebody's going to make a Mario level. Of two towers, oh! You have to like. No. Somebody might no. do it. Somebody might. They would. Yeah. They somebody would. might. You know what someone's already done is they made a Mario Maker level of Flappy Bird. Yes, there's, there's a Flappy cl- Mario. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a video that shows in like kind of pseudo time lapse the entire unbroken process of creating Flappy Bird <sighs> in Mario Maker, and it's pretty amazing. That's so good. Water. That makes sense. The whole level. Water. Watching Jake's face. Just a whole turn. <gasps> yeah. It's really, it's bonkers. It's cool to watch. So this and he is made, he totally ripped off the pipes from Flappy Bird. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what it was. This looks remarkably <laughs> like Flappy Bird. I've been knowing me the joke about the yeah, Flappy Bird pipes. Flappy Bird pipes. <laughs> so I'm the first one of that. Yeah, you are. Let it be known that today. He also just made it in classic, like, custom Mario form. He also has made it the most outrageous version of that, where there's, like, <laughs> bullet bills and flames and, you know, fucking <laughs> hammer throwers and all that shit just everywhere just because there are. Because you can. Because, of yeah. course, there's going to be a lot of that. There already is a lot of that. So I, I can't say anything that sounds like a review-like comment because of Embargo, but I have been playing a lot of it, actually, and streaming a lot of it. You wouldn't play a lot of it if it was bad. That's I, you could gotcha. you could maybe say that you know I'm sure Nintendo would be fine with that statement I suppose um but it is you know for those who don't know it is basically a very robust Mario 2D Mario level design tool set um and you can sort of switch the aesthetic and actually the physics and sort of the way the game plays between New Super Mario Brothers style 8 bit old Mario style and like sort of there's both Mario Brothers 3 and original Super Mario Brothers and uh, Super Mario World. So you can sort of switch all those things, and the movesets are different. You know, Mario can grab things in the Super Mario World uh, aesthetic, whatever, sort of that world. Wall jump and butt stomp and all that other stuff in New Super Mario Brothers. So you can sort of change things on the fly as you are designing a level. You can change, hey, this would look 
more cool if it were Super Mario World or, or that sort of thing. And all those moves will, will change. So you do have to kind of keep that in mind when you're designing a level. Um, and you can also play this game selfishly, as uh, <clears throat> my colleague Ben Kachera has been doing. He has been playing it and just treating it as like, this is an ultimate Mario level banquet because there are already hundreds of levels. Media has it already and a lot of sort of YouTube people have it already because Nintendo wanted people to stream. This is one of the first games, actually, <clears throat> Nintendo has sort of been like, here, stream this, yeah, which is awesome. very, very new for them. I was wondering. Great. The, the guy, oh, man. Yeah. Also, the guy who um, made the Mario, the Flappy Mario is... Is it Jared? I don't know. He's a oh. German person. Oh, okay, okay. And it was really funny to hear... Sorry, German people. <laughs> yeah. It was very amusing to me to hear him, like narrate this whole thing in german and then hear the words that are still the like same because they're yeah. just they're just proper nouns from mario uh interspersed with like gumba like, ju- ju- <laughs> <laughs> just thrown in there yeah with obviously just german language it mm-hmm. was pretty hilarious pretty good. Uh, he uh, has made some amazing love i think his name is like dagalash or dagoslash something like that and okay. like some of my very most favorite levels are from him he's made a bunch of like puzzle levels he's made a bunch of really interesting sort of creative things that are even more fun than sort of... Uh, it, it, the game comes loaded with something like 60-odd, you know, Nintendo design levels, and that's mm-hmm. sort of the first thing you play. And then you start to, you know, go into other stuff if you choose to. And so, he, he's, like, done some cool stuff. I just this two, person. two questions about, about yes. this game. So, one, that guy's video had... It, it showed all of the creation of the level, including, like, mm-hmm. where his little stylus cursor was pointing all the time. Yeah. Does the game have... Did he add that somehow, or does the game have... No, the game does that. That's all. I figured it must. It would have yeah. been... The game in- keeps your creation history inside of it, so you can play it back? Oh. Or did he just record the time? He recorded it. I thought you meant the hand. Like, yeah, seeing the hand where the stylus thing. goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah the hand. I mean. okay. The so, hand is in there. When you're yeah. designing level, you see a little hand on your screen, wherever you're pointing your stylus at. Oh, basically. so he just so, recorded that whole thing. Yeah, he that probably wasn't just... Part, that wasn't part of, like, a playback thing. Thing right, that, okay, right. Okay. It's doing that in real time, so you okay, always see it. sort of where your got stylus it. is pointed. All right, cool. So that's and then my other question is: so you said it ships with sixty something, Nintendo something like that. I, is I'm there not sure a exactly weird what, like I could see Nintendo doing this? Is there a weird like campaign where there's somehow the story is that sort the of. world has been exploded <laughs> into like all of its component parts? It's and- not exactly like that. It's, they actually kind of take. Um, And I'm actually assuming this is part of where this game came from, but they take this sort of approach of NES Remix, which I think are fantastic games, um, of like, here, you just go into this interface, and it's Mario Maker, and you can either make a level or go right into the, you know, there's a 100 Mario Challenge and an 80, or and a 10 Mario Challenge. The 10 Mario Challenge is the sort of quote-unquote campaign, I guess, where you have 10 lives to beat eight levels, and then there's a castle. And those are the Nintendo-made levels. And they do a little tiny, tiny cutscene where it's like, the princess is in trouble, save her. And that's it. There's there's no, like, weird storyline where Bowser created a million realities of levels or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the 100 Mario Challenge is the same thing, but with randomly selected levels from um, all over the world, basically. Oh, crazy. Which so is that changes awesome. every time you play it? Exactly. Wow. And you can skip a level easily, so if something really sucks, which some of them do, uh, you can really that's easily cool. skip it. infinite... <laughs> Of, infinite like, levels world generated mario single player game yeah, yeah because that's one of the it's biggest great. things with those yeah. you know we played a lot of little big planet 2 or 3 mm. two, 2 oh that's yeah. a great game too um like whatever player generated stuff yeah. and there's that sort of moment where you're just sorting through all the stuff that's out there so the fact that it just grabs you 10 and says yep. go is really cool it's great and it and it does that for 
10 of those. That's why it's like the 100 Mario challenge. So mm-hmm. there, there are, well, I guess it's 80 levels if you go through the whole thing. You know, it's eight iterations of these 10 levels. Um, not iterations, but like sets of these 10 levels. Uh, yeah, it's really great. And of course, you can always, um, you can also go in and like, if you like a creator, you can look at all their levels or you can go to sort of the newest levels or anything like that. You can but sort them however you want, but style, very right. much so, yeah. And how do they like deal how, with that curation? Asking, yeah. Because with Little Big Planet, we had so much... <laughs> The first game was so much problem with there being millions of levels and a lot of them just being not great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and to pull out a hundred random levels, you know, you might find something good in there, but you probably would be just people's experiments and mad shit. And we had this like one algorithm called cool levels that would just like <laughs> try and figure out what was cool and it didn't work at all. Sure. So- <laughs> sure. Yeah, no. <laughs> you need to rely on like both human curators and various like algorithms and machines to try and figure it out and like combo yeah. those things. I remember hearing with Mario Maker that you, before you submit your level at all, you have to actually be able to play through it from start to end. And beat yeah, it. Yeah, that's really that's important. Right. You can't post an in-progress thing that would then get included in rotation. Yeah. But that's, you, but that's a pretty low bar for yeah, quality. I mean, it doesn't say it's good, but it at least says yeah. if you're playing a campaign with 100 lives, you'll be able to get through it in some capacity. Yeah. It's, it's, it's sure, I, sure, but I think <clears> the problem Spav is talking about is that well, a yeah, lot of I those are just, <laughs> are just yeah. bad. It's yeah. also uh, because they don't... Uh, penalize you for skipping a level either with a life or anything like that. I you think just you skip can just, all 100 can just, and be like, yes. I would, I would imagine. <laughs> I wonder okay, if, you still have to beat the 100 levels. It's just, uh, okay. you can In say this order. one section. Do they have any sort of, like, starring or yes. liking? They, they, there is, yeah. yeah. So I believe so. Pig, so hopefully, levels, hopefully also levels that are repeatedly skipped by lots of people just also are sort Drop of... Drop to the bottom of the pond. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, so far, so it's really weird right now because there's only, I, I don't know, I'm going to guess 300 or so people that are playing this right now and making levels and, and things like that. So it's a pretty small pool. However, it's also probably not representative of the highest highs either. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't wait until actual, you know, game designers have this Gosh. in their hands and can make incredible things. Cause it's, like I said, it's a it's not gonna really be game rich designers. It's just going to be crazy yeah, It's going to be eight-year-olds. Crazy people, mm-hmm. eight-year-olds. Yeah. Well, that's what, well, that's what I mean. Like, Who know what they're doing. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Man. Yeah. There's going to be so many yeah. fucking levels. Like, Little Big Planet has eight, nine million levels. Oh and God. that's like Little Big Planet. Mario is huge compared to that. <laughs> well, it's, it's Especially when you make huge Mario. And yeah. Mario. Oh, that's right. Mario yeah. can be Man. big. I'm really interested to see how they sort through everything and allow you to find the good content and and yeah, I'm really it it's working so it. far. But it, that's a get with a small sample. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Level by someone you enjoy, you can see their latest episode. Can you bookmark creators that you like? In I think so. Because that that like finding the person whose work that you like and you just want to know. I want to just subscribe to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you put a new thing up, like that's generally what. Like, that's I thought I Little Big Planet Two did that pretty well because that, that was like my favorite thing about that game. Yeah, yeah. Find people whose work you like, and then just get, get their stuff sent to you. Yeah, and that, follow creators. Like I thought that game like, to actually get excited when a creator would like put out a new thing, and I'm like, oh my god! Like it's yeah. their yeah. new level. It's the newest well, one because pro- you know is going to be their best one too. I mean, there were like Little Big Planet sites. I assume that tracked stuff like that, right? Where popular creators probably yeah we made one that put all of the oh, content nice. onto the web. So like the first game was. This horrible walled garden just, you know, it was on your machine. But if you wanted to show anyone what you had made, they had to have a PS3. You had to tell them your PSN name. They had to write it down on a piece of paper or remember it and then go and type it in. And that horrible disconnect just broke the sharing Mm. stuff. So to bring it all out onto the web, 
mean you could just send someone send someone a link and then we had a big button that was just like add to oh, queue awesome. or play oh, nice. now yeah. like if you had a thing like the website loaded and you were logged in to psn you could just hit play now on the web and it would just load the level which was fantastic no oh, that's amazing that's um, really i was like cool. i would sit at work and be like what am i going to play when i get home and yeah you could just queue stuff. stuff in yeah so hopefully the mario guys figure something cool like oh, that out the mario guys <laughs> i mean yeah. yeah it worked i yeah. i actually taught a game design class once with little big planet and it was really <laughs> fun and my students really loved Loved it. Cool. It was a good time. But yeah, this, um, again, without saying anything review-y, I am having <laughs> a lot of fun with this. And I also, you know, I, everybody knows this, I really like platformers. Platformers mm-hmm. are my favorite genre in the world. And whenever, this is like endless Mario content. And Unlike Little Big Planet, it actually has good jump physics. <gasps> Whoa! <laughs> what? I didn't have a problem. Controversial. I didn't have a problem with the jump physics. Uh, they I, weren't Mario. Level. I feel like this game is creating, and not creating, but, like, fixing a huge wrong with the gaming world. Like, this game should have existed 30 years ago. What is the wrong that needs addressing? <laughs> that Mario Maker did not exist. Oh, just in general. All this whole <laughs> fucking time. Yeah. Why the hell couldn't you just make a Mario? Yeah. Like, you can make well, yeah, because people... Level. Where's the Mario? Yeah. People, I mean, yeah. the, that gap was filled on other, like, Unofficial meme. Right, Little Big Planet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mario, Go to Chris's calculator. Right. Yeah. 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 But also, like, specifically with Mario, <laughs> through just other, you know, fan made yes. things. Yeah. That, that, like, Super Mario X or whatever that was called that people used yeah. for a while to make it the same Mario world. Yeah, yeah. yeah I want that community to get involved in this because they're yeah, like crazy, will, yeah. barely completable levels. Like you know, like you cannot see any platforms, and you have to like headbutt them from below to even reveal the next platform yeah. levels is it forever. Kaizo Mario or something like that. That oh, was yeah, like the infamous sort of ROM hack that's like close to impossible. And even when they speed run it at like an SGDQ, people die like eight times in a speed run. That's yeah. how ridiculously right. tough. There's it a is. super good video of someone playing one of those levels. It sounds exactly like Marek Bronstring. Talking about it, I'll try and find that level, but it's really funny. And if this game had come out when I was in high school, I feel like my friends and I would have played it a lot, just like sitting in a friend's garage, just I did that this weekend. Demonic levels and then making each other play them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With like (laughs) making them and not having to submit to the like has to be completable (laughs) to submit thing because we would just be passing the controller around in the garage, just being and just making making terrible bullshit. Every platform game ever in the entire universe all just goes back to what Mario created, and so. Just having this now, everyone can use it. And everyone knows exactly how Mario level should be. Like everyone in the whole yeah. world so yeah. can just make. I am so excited Mario for what you know, what eight year olds and I do, and yeah. I really do want to see what some, at least some, like out there, interesting sort of indie designers who have made weird platformers before will do with this. They will do cool things. <laughs> That'd be cool. What I'm excited about is what weird kind of community based things will arise like sub community things mm, yeah. for instance mm-hmm. in just go back little we plan again there were a whole bunch of people who really loved bomb survival levels and shark <laughs> survival levels these was a whole subgenre <laughs> nice. of yeah. hundreds of thousands yeah, like of levels so, good. so like what will be the mario thing of that where like all the you know the 10 yeah. year old kids all they want to play is a specific subset of yeah. weird mario well, that was like <laughs> yeah yes. i mean I've, I've i've talked about this in obviously like as alluded um mario like texas instruments ti-86 yeah, yeah, but like <laughs> well, yes. it was it was already it was already brought was up but the real i just mario. want to talk about one specific part of it just to go to your point about sub uh sort of little sub communities 
is that that kind of thing developed on that too because you could trade these levels over the internet by just uploading the like little like level file that was generated by the the uh, program on the calculator and there were like totally weird subgenres like like the ones where the only surface mario has is like individually floating single blocks of water just in the sky <laughs> oh, man. so like when you jump to it you immediately you start in sinking it? into it. And if you sink into it for more than like a second, you just fall to your death because it's one single tile <sighs> of water. So you have to like kind of do the like light tap there. to just keep yourself yeah. like treading water and then jump to the next one. And like every single jump has to be perfect because they're always placed, you know, the exact distance you can oh make. Oh my God. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly like, it. Stuff like that where like that would become like a popular thing um, where people would one up themselves on that one little design Tenants to yeah. make just the most outrageous version. I feel like of now you've brought that up, that will become a thing. I hope totally. I think you can because I saw the way the guy was making the Flappy Bird level, mm. and you just drag out water to like whatever X Y dimensions yeah. you want. So I don't know why you wouldn't be able to just make a one. Yeah, you by can one. make any grid anything. Yeah, you yeah, want basically. Yeah. It's really cool. Yep. Yeah, that's exciting. Can you make? So his. I should. I'm sure I could have just searched around and found this out. But like, can you make a? Can you use the tile set from just Mario 1 and it actually just looks like straight up like Mario 1? Like, doesn't mm-hmm. have like weird, better edges to make no, things it's like. The way that it works is just the straight up sprites from Mario 1. But mm. then the, the thing that's strange that I noticed, at least from E3, is that enemy and objects that have been back and forth reported as well. So uh, you, mm-hmm. can, you can place like the leaping, uh, like the, the circle block. Or the circle enemy that emits a flame trail for Mario three and Mario one, but they made a Mario one aesthetic version of that. Oh man, that's it's cool! Really so if you cool. move like the P wing to Mario one, mm-hmm. there'll that's... be a Mario one P wing. I crazy. think so. Yeah, what there's Earth? a lot of mixing and, and yeah, so, Mario and so, one Yoshi. Some degree of that stuff is supported. There is no. Mario. Like, is there? Mario I, one, I Mario won one. one. I don't know if it's embargoed, but oh, there man, are um, costumes. <laughs> That you can change into. Some of them are embargoed, some of them aren't. But I think the Yoshi one is not embargoed. So yeah, you can be Yoshi in like Mario One. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's awesome. Really? That's amazing. It's awesome. That's not a move. No, you just become you just become a Yoshi okay, sprite. I know in yeah. the E3 mm. in the Nintendo World Championship thing, there was stuff in the Mario One themed level that was very clearly not a move, a, an element of the enemy or move set. Right. In, right. Yeah. Uh, in Mario One, and it's and the impression that I got is that at least some stuff just totally they've back and forward ported support for things. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's really cool, and some of those little costumes, uh, sort of, um, they're all a little eight bit sprite. So I think the costumes, I could be wrong, and I don't know which ones are only uh, sort of only in there, but you can um, you can do a lot of weird things with yeah. back and forth. So it's cool. It's really really cool. I'm so excited to see what. Uh, the general public will make out of this and i'm excited Come i'm already 11. having a lot of fun yeah i know that's it's so weird to me that this game that's already bringing me a lot of joy is like it's good it's gonna take it 9 11 like, um, <laughs> please take oh, it nine, back <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yay anyway it that's a that's a cool looking game nice. are there any dick levels yet not yet really? i haven't seen one dick and i've played hundreds of levels in this game <laughs> that's disappointing hundreds. for you my friends and I, I was having a rough night one night last weekend, and I played this game with my friends, and it was the most joyful, happy time, and we tried really hard to make, like, boobs 
in it, like a, a pair of, of lady lumps and nothing. <laughs> <laughs> just, they, they didn't look, they were lovely, but they just didn't look boob-like. And I, I don't know, maybe it has to do with the grid. Maybe it has to do with the way everything I mean, it looks. probably there's something to do with the grid. You think there's yeah, something yeah. I would scientifically that's not really <laughs> innate. Too far out on a limb. Yeah, the, the Mario aesthetic is just so family-friendly that you cannot even <laughs> <laughs> That's Mr. Mimoto, we've, we've done it. We've created a sprite sheet where it's impossible to draw a dick or a boob. I, they've we've made done it. it hard. They've made it really difficult to make <sighs> any made it hard. dick. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean that. I bet they have really extreme vetting processes. <laughs> yeah. and I'm Nintendo. sure they do. I was just Something's surprised. Mario dies if he sees a dick. That's That's normal. Yeah, that's all right. Classic Mario. Classic Mario. He turns to the I screen. And oh man, it's fast. Off. You're Yo. the one. You're the one who says Mario. 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 We got a. We got a. A tweet, I guess, from someone who was. Who was? Keep stop saying Mario. 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 It's a big world out there. People say there it all are a lot of people ways. in New yeah. York who say Mario. Mm-hmm. That's true. I, I said I said it when I was a kid because I moved you? from New York to California and I got made <gasps> fun of for for saying three things. I said Mario instead of Mario. Mm. I said orange instead of orange. I say orange. And I said Ariel instead of antenna, which I think might be what? even. I think that huh. might be an even more hyper local thing to to where I was from. Hmm. Yeah, like I say car, Ariel. <laughs> in like 1992 or whatever. Really impression, um, accurate. <laughs> oh, yeah, I still say orange. You know what but... I did actually? Okay, there was a ridiculous thing involving Bush that I did when I was in second grade at my elementary school. We had a, a class play every year, and all of us had to like design a program to you know a little folded program mm-hmm. to give to parents when they came to the play and i think we all had to like design a candidate and then they chose one of them that was going to be the one you gave to parents and <laughs> i re- i remember um the the one that i drew i remember it very clearly um so my parents would watch the news uh and i didn't understand anything that was on the news but a thing that was on the news all the time in 1992 i guess was the like um soundbite of George H. W. Bush going, Read my lips, no new taxes. <laughs> and that was just on the news all the time. And I remember that was a big thing. I mean, I don't actually remember this from the time. I now know in retrospect yeah. mm-hmm. that that was a thing that Clinton used to hit Bush because that was like a broken promise that Bush made. Um and Clinton was going after the whole economy thing. And so, and like that was just in my brain because I just heard it repeated so much and had no idea what it meant. But in to my brain, like a second year old brain, that was just that's what a president says. <laughs> like a president just says, "Read my lips all the time." That's just what, <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. And and so my program for this play, which was like a sort of children's like goofy version, I think of of mice and men. Um, <laughs> A goofy version of my of my son. Where was the goofy part? Of I don't. Mice and I don't men? remember anything about. He just it at pets all. the rabbits. That's all. The that rabbits happens. are fine. That's all that happens. Uh, but they're huge, <laughs> <laughs> and they want to play. Um, so my, my my program for that for that play was a picture, like a crayon drawing of Bush, like 
going, read my lips, I will oh. not raise taxes, which was also a misquote anyway. And it was him like pointing with his finger up, sticking out of the dome of the Capitol building, which I thought was the White House. Uh, so it was, just, it was just wrong in all ways. And also, I just... What does that have to do with the play? It had nothing to do with the play. I was did, just, your, did your image just, get picked? It did not get ah, picked. That's too bad. But, yeah, I was, was why very, did you do that? Because as a child, it was just like, this is a thing that I know. Like, it must be relevant to this situation. Much like, much like this story on this podcast. Yeah, it's the best. Uh, yeah, you really... History is repeating itself. It. It's just a thing. So it's a thing that I know that I that I know about the president. Read my lips. Yep. Read them. Yeah, I thought you were going to say there are no new jokes. of mice and men. <laughs> nope. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. Read my even, lips. I didn't even have the like cleverness to morph it into something even vaguely appropriate like that. It was just completely <sighs> nonsensical. Child yeah. understanding of politics may be one of the greatest things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like child's understanding of science, but. Just even better. I feel like I had a, a fairly good grasp of politics, but in a skewed way. Because in the UK, we had this comedy show called Spitting Image. Have you ever seen that show? No. It was uh, a comedy show of people with puppets. They're these really grotesque caricatures <laughs> of politicians and, and famous people. And uh, and they would do all these skits. And I, and I just loved it. Um, but so I knew all these really random people who I had no idea who the hell they were, really. But I just knew the government was made up of all these people. Actually great. <laughs> yeah, and I just knew yeah. them from a really early age. That's all these a- weird Tory government officials and how sleazy they were and <laughs> awful. <laughs> That's fantastic. You were actually educated as a child into like, how of, this I horrible guess. shit works, basically. It's only after like years that you realize that those puppets actually represented real people and weren't just yeah. your favorite puppet. They were good. <laughs> Thatcher in it was always dressed in like full Nazi gear and, and uh, oh my god like constantly and everyone would address her as sir <laughs> oh my god they had but like now I know why you are the person yeah I, I also just got a lot of like yeah. staff understanding now. just now John Major was in there and he was just completely grayscale like he was just really boring <laughs> grey man that didn't do anything it's a good show oh, we should have these things in America yep um, I also played a platformer. Oh, good! <gasps> yeah. I no love way. platformers. Yeah. Tell me about it. I played Trine Three. Ooh, yeah. Trine was a game that we talked about a lot back on the like original run of Idle Thumbs, and I guess we must have talked about Trine Two also yeah, be- because my Steam says that I played six hours of it, but I don't remember anything That's about Steam game? Two. We definitely talked Steam about Trine Two. Yeah. I remember- all right. I mean, right. that was right around see, the, it's at the dawn of the Venom in the Years. I wish All they'd right. bring that out. <laughs> when it came to Trine 2, I feel like most of what we talked about was, oh, it's more Trine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is... That is I'm really enamored with the first Trine. Yeah. Sure. I mean, and to be honest, that is really, I suppose, the main takeaway of from I had from Trine 3, which is like, okay, it's more Trine. Um, it's, you, it's now, like, not locked to 2D. Maybe maybe Trine 2 also wasn't huh. locked to 2D. Was Someone who remembers remember. more about Trine 2. I, I no, played a lot of Trine 2, but yeah, I, I can't it recall it like ever being... Original. Yeah, I can't recall it ever yeah. actually being This, this game exists on, like, there's a, there's a... You know, you can go into the background mm. and foreground. So is it like, still fixed camera? Weird. Yes, it's, side, okay. it's still side-scrolling, but there's depth to it. So it's like um, Double it's, Dragon or something. Yeah, exactly. But, or but in, but in fully, you know, real-time yeah. 3D. Um, it doesn't change the game a huge amount, but it does... Along with, the, I guess the, well, here, let me just explain what Trine is, I suppose. So all of the Trine games, the the hook to them is that they're side-scrolling platformers in which 
you control three different characters at the same time by switching between them at will. And so you have a wizard, a, like a warrior, and a archer, Beast. hookshot, yeah, rogue yeah. kind of character. Yeah, or um, you play three player and one you have one each. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, or whatever combination right. of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I've really played it like 90% of the time, just single player switching between them. So that kind of feels like what the game is to me. Although, yeah, yeah I, could, I could imagine if you played a lot of co-op, that would be... Um, your your sort of mental like conception of the game. Uh, so the the thing that is cool about playing it single player is that a lot of the puzzles can be solved using various different characters. Some of them can only reasonably be solved with one character. Um, but maybe, maybe that's not true. But it, but uh, sometimes maybe only two of the three characters can solve a given thing. So the the wizard has the ability to like conjure you know, geometric objects that you can use to like weight things or use as a platform to climb up things. And like, you can move things around with telekinesis and the, the warrior is stronger and can deflect things with his shield and is the best warrior out of all of them. And the, uh, rogue thief character has a super fun grappling hook, swingy thing and a bow and, um, switching between these three, Things like, especially once you get a good fluidity with the game, is really fun. I, uh, it's just kind of a, there's something nice about the game in that it allows you to solve puzzles in a very mushy way. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely some puzzles that clearly have been designed for a very particular solution. Like, there's a, this huge, like, troll fisherman character mm-hmm. who's just blocking a bridge. And he stays there until he can get a bite on his fishing rod so he finally can, like, go home. And you just have to, like, tie something to his fishing rod with the thief's, you know, grappling hook thing. Like, okay, that's the, I'm pretty sure that's the only way to uh, solve that puzzle. So that that's an exception. But most of the puzzles are kind of mushy physics-based things where you can, like, either really elegantly do it by like swinging from hook to hook, or you can just kind of like weirdly cludge shit together, (laughs) you know, by spawning stuff in with the wizard, or you can kind of just like Skyrim up the wall with the warrior because you're just kind of jumping on all the little like protruding (laughs) bits of collision. And I really, really like that the game just is not designed to smooth all that stuff out. Like you can kind of use any combination of those approaches at any time. And it feels very um player centric in that way and also it is just kind of a a naive feeling game in that way um like they've made three of these things at this point so they know what they're doing and there's not it's not a hugely surprising formula but there's something nice about how kind of harmless this game is because really you know what you're doing is you're just solving a bunch of like physics puzzles and like platforming around. And yeah. I like that it is not overbearing in its like out in outrageous lore or like dark gritty shit or anything. It's just kind of a pleasant, pleasant, colorful. very beautiful, colorful experience. Yeah. All of that stuff you described translates so well to co-op because it, I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The chaos of having three of you all at once. <laughs> if you can imagine the madness and everyone's like, Oh, I can swing up here. Oh, I can't yeah, get yeah. up there. Help me yeah, up yeah, here. Yeah. I'll build you a platform. Right. I'm going to fly <laughs> you into this thing. Ha! <laughs> you. It's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's we worked awesome. out that the wizard who can't hurt anyone, right? So there's the enemies. He's just like, help. 
someone killed his enemy is off me. around yourself. Yeah. But yeah. if uh, he could, though, like knock an enemy out like a skeleton, you can like turn them into bones, like a classic platformer thing mm-hmm. with a platform, and then he could just stand on his head, and it wouldn't come back to life. And just like, look, I'm standing on a guy. Just come and get this guy. He's gonna kill me. <laughs> that kind of stuff is good. Anyway, yeah, I like the game. It's a fun series. It I is, really enjoy really this fun. Series. But the third one, yeah, the third one, it's it's good. The the I sort of. I've had an interesting um, experience playing the game with the most recent ones. Which I think I, I'm pretty sure is kind of exacerbated by the added depth, you know, the the sort of like pseudo full 3D nature of the gameplay. I guess not even pseudo. It's just it is full 3D. It's just it's just on a it's constrained. Um, it makes the you know, you can control this game with mouse and keyboard or with a controller um, and What's interesting is that, especially with that added dimension, it really, really changes the experience which one you're using. Because you have, you know, anyone who's played games where you can shoot with a bow, you know, that like shoot on an arc, um, knows that shooting a projectile, like an arced projectile in, in strict 2D is very, very different to shooting it in strict 3D. Because when you're in 2D, the screen space of the game like the flat screen maps perfectly to your actual you know like arc that you're shooting but in 3d when there's depth as well it's like what does it mean when i'm pointing to this point on the screen like yeah. um, is it going all the way back to the last thing that it collides with in the scene or is it, is it like going to infer that i mean i want to kind of shoot like it halfway it, mm-hmm. it does it does but it's but there, you can't just like flip to exactly where you want to shoot with the stick and know that it's going to be like that you can predict exactly where it's going to end up the way you can in 2d when it's just if i'm pointing the stick 72 degrees to the left that is exactly translated in the game and it, it i can just do it and i don't need to like think about it and so the result of that is that most of the time with games um you know, for any given game and any given person, it's like, I prefer how this controls with mouse and keyboard, or I prefer how this controls with a controller. But what I found in Trine 3, um, this is not just because of 3D, it's also because there are three different characters with three entirely different movesets. Like, whether I'm playing with mouse and keyboard or a controller actually just means I end up using totally different characters. Huh. Like, when I'm using a mouse and keyboard, I use the wizard and the thief a lot. And when I'm using... A controller, I basically never use the wizard because huh. it is it is it is so easy to drag his stuff around with the mouse, you know, to like spawn a, a crate and then just drag it to exactly where we want it to go to pick something up and just move so, it around so with the cursor. I would be really interested to try it with the Steam controller. Maybe that maybe that is the best of both worlds. Maybe the opposite of that is true. I don't know. <laughs> Wizard uh, on the controller though creates its own hilariousness. Like trying to goddamn draw the square you need, <laughs> but you've drawn the platform instead. Well, like, go- hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get a box. I'm gonna get a box. Yeah. No, not that one. Ignore that one. Uh, but but I mean, I'm really I like this game a lot, and I will continue playing it. I played it for several hours this weekend. So you nice. haven't finished it. Yet. No, I haven't finished it. There's there's a there's like a Mario World style level structure where there's a sort of world map that you progress from level to level. Um, oh, man. <laughs> Each level has a collectible that it you, it tracks how many of this collectible, these little glowing um, crystals that you pick up in the game, and you can go back and try individual parts of the level if you didn't collect all of them. And then those collectibles are used to unlock like other non-crit path levels in the world map. 
but they're little triangles, and the game calls them trinangles. Oh. So that's, that's what happens. <laughs> in this Thanks, Trine. Yeah. Trine was in the news today. It was in the news today? Mm hmm. It made, it made the news. For what? On Polygon or whatever. Oh, okay. Whatever that site oh, is. <laughs> what, what's that? <laughs> what is this site? Um, <laughs> apparently, the game is kind of short. And, ah. and the story ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. Ah. And there's been a bit of a backlash. And the developers said today that the future of the series was in doubt. <gasps> and essentially, they... Halfway through production. <laughs> yeah, I know. Halfway through production, they realized they were trying to make a game they couldn't afford to make and so didn't. What do you and mean? Just what do you shipped mean that a game. They just shipped half of the game. They were like, oh, yeah. God, I can't remember the numbers. They said that, like, they the game that they had tried to make was like a $15 million, million dollar game and they didn't have that money. So they had to make a much shorter game and they thought it would be okay. But there's just been this huge apparent community uprising of, like, what the fuck? This oh, game wow. is, like, way too short and. Ends on like the story I, just goes. I, I bet that I bet that I wouldn't even have noticed. <laughs> yeah, because I'd skip all the cuts. <laughs> yeah. They're kind yeah. of irrelevant anyway, I guess. To yeah. like, if you're really enjoying the puzzle part, but yeah. anyway, I thought I'd bring that up because I read that wow. today in the news. Huh? Pearl trying. Like I probably would have been so. Situation. I probably would have been so pleased with, yeah. with myself for playing all the way through the game that it wouldn't have occurred to me to complain. I beat it. About, it yeah. Like, hey, like, What's the last time I did that? Yeah. yeah. Perfect. That's, That's great. Good. That's a good game. Maybe that means I'm close to the end. Then I don't know. I, maybe, maybe I'm. When the story maybe ends, he'll load it up, one, walk through yeah. a thing, over. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, trying cataclysm where like an earthquake happens and half the world map just falls away, and you're supposed to feel bad for all the people who died. And then it just says the end. And then the end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, trying to question mark, and that's <laughs> yeah. that's why it's got a cliffhanger ending. Are they all dead? Are they all crystals now? I don't know. Trying two was released like seven times or some some ridiculous. What, thing. what does that mean? I mean, yeah. like there was like a special edition, and there was another special edition, oh. and then it was you know it, I feel like that game was was released and released and released. So that that's interesting interesting to me that maybe perhaps i don't know those re-releases were all part of trying to get enough money for trying three i'm putting things <laughs> in my mind together now at this point but i don't and know related news trying two was released okay, again <laughs> trying two trying three edition was released <laughs> um well that's that sucks i hope they do okay because they make so. cool games and yeah. I, I like the trend series mm -hmm. agreed <laughs> It's Frozen Bite, isn't it? Frozen Bite, I think. I agree so hard we should take a break now. Yeah, we all agree to a break. We should caucus in the other room and about how much we agree about how much we like the train series. And make sock puppets based on ourselves. I'd be really up for making sock puppets based on ourselves right now. Politicians. Video So this episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you, Danielle Riendo, by a new sponsor. Whoa. Um, you probably like to draw. I do. I do it a lot. Sketch. It's a lot Doodle. of sketching. Doodling right here. Well, you can use a sketchbook brought to you by the Autodesk Corporation. Oh, makers of such fine things as Maya. Yeah, mm. exactly right. It's just a really simple to use, like very feature rich sketching app for Mac, Windows, and iOS and Android. Oh, cool. It has lots of digital drawing Features like layers and yada, yada, yada. Excellent. But it also has like flipbook features and Ooh. things like this. And it seems really great. 
Anyway, you can go to sketchbook.com slash thumbs and get a free trial of Sketchbook with no credit card required Oh, today. cool. That would be really cool to have something like that on my iPhone since I like to draw a lot and I also like to, you know, put things have into my, my, little, with my little things and have my phone with me. Exactly. Yeah. Sketchbook.com slash thumbs, Jacob Rodkin. Video This is the Rick and Morty sound pack for Dota 2. It's so good. It's amazing. It's actually really good. So the Rick and Morty announcer pack came out for Dota today. Uh, Dota last week. Dota 2. And um, it's really good. Here's the thing that... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. I just... It was perfectly situated in my life to where my ramp up of enthusiasm for rick and morty which was which started maybe 10 days ago hit an apex That's... right when the the announcer pack was in like hit the store so it just all felt That's uncanny right i started watching life. it right around the exact yeah. day there's something in the zeitgeist <laughs> about it but um yeah yeah i don't really i've never i'm gonna contrast sorry, what go you ahead. just said and then you, i'll go right but this will be 30 seconds we'll go right back to you so here this speaks to the quality of that announcer pack because i Watched an episode of Rick and Morty, did not mm-hmm. care for it, really. I've played Dota 2, and I, like, respect it, but don't it's care for not, it, really. Don't really care for it's it. It's not your thing, yeah. But I fucking loved every second of watching that stupid announcer pack promo, because it was, <laughs> it was like, such a good... It was, like, informative about what was happening in the game, but also just obviously, like, the people portraying those characters are just fucking good at their jobs in a really intense way person one person really yeah so good wow well whatever they fucking that was great (laughs) that is a good announcer pack for Dota 2 yeah it's fun because the announcer pack comes with just the there's sort of two phases of the announcer which is hey your tower is under attack oh no your racks oh no watch out oh this tower there's Mm -hmm. that stuff but then there's also just the like the multi-kill mega-kill stuff that you remember from Unreal Unreal Tournament and you can turn those on selectively. So I like to play with just the multi-kill Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's so good. It's such. A, it's so satisfying to w- yeah. have them flip out when you do right. something good. Yeah. As opposed to having... That's uh, the part of it yeah. that it was so appealing. Like, as someone who, you know, isn't a big Dota player but understands what video game concepts are. Mm-hmm. And that is never something that happens ever in those voiceovers because they're all, they're all designed to be like just awesome it's a right. multi-kill like, it's no big deal it's just fucking cool uh, you know, <laughs> exactly well, man it's also there's something about that it's just fucking cool that ab- actually obfuscates what you've achieved right and i've been playing dota forever like for so long now it's gross you've been but playing like, dota for since 2012 because you started trying it out when we were doing the kickstarter right oh. yeah exactly right so i never really internalized the pattern of like Monster kill, wicked sick, godlike. I just knew I was doing better. I was like, oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. But Rick and Morty just uses like the the Valve hooks for that stuff, like in the whatever like matrix of situations that could that could happen inside of Dota Two, and makes it way more um, clear about what's happening. So when Rick's just like, oh my god, it's it's five in a row. There's, this isn't an accident, ladies and gentlemen. It's like so that good. Was, that was the one that yeah. killed me. The, it isn't an accident because I played enough Dota 2 to understand that, like, even a shit ass Dota 2 player like me can get 
a double kill sometimes. Like, right. it doesn't never happen. It's possible, but it's mainly an accident when it does happen. And so the, like, it's not an accident. I was like, man, that is a brilliant, like, it's just a really brilliant, it's really hard to write lines like that for video games. Like, if you ever have to write just infinite barks for video games, it's actually really hard. And no one would guess that it's hard because the result is, like, not interesting. Like, the best mm-hmm. case result is, like, it's not very annoying, you know? Right. And so, like... <laughs> That was such a pitch perfect, like just amazing four word creation to describe that situation. But in a way that just never happens in video right. game parks. And Jordan, what's his name? The guy, the creator of Rick and Morty does the voices. I can't remember his last name. Justin Roiland. Justin Roiland. Yeah. He has this really wonderful thing that he does sometimes with Rick where he sort of like laughs at his own read, you know, where he's got sort of like a weird giggle along the way. Yeah. And it plays so nice in the uh, Rick and Morty announcer pack. He does loads of weird improv stuff with those characters. You can just like listen to files of him just talking endless stupid shit in those voices and it's amazing. Yeah. And there's like, they recorded, at least shipped, they shipped an hour of contiguous barks. Like, it's definitely, yeah, which is Is pretty amazing. the announcer packs? It seems like a lot. I know the the Bastion one was a lot too. Mm. I was talking to Greg Casavin at Supergiant about that, and they should. I bet they're all pretty long. Yeah, there's so much stuff they have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, it's high quality. It's eight dollars though. Wow, it's expensive. It's yeah. worth it. If you, I don't know. It's a, it's right on that line, and for that community, I mean, if you're into it, you're into it, and you buy it. But eight bucks, it's like, oh man. Yeah, if you're if you're a person who likes Rick and Morty and who likes Dota, the strange ass combination of those two things appearing seems like it would be a thing that would convince mm-hmm. you to drop eight dollars. Yeah, I but mean, it's, it's nice just, that it's just so it's well not made. really on the line. Yeah. Probably for well, it's on the line, I guess, for people like me who's like, I'm not super into either of these things, but I but it's a it's a compelling result. So I'm like, God, I would almost just just get that just to see it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyone who falls in the category of really liking both those things, that's not on the line. That's an inst- that's just <laughs> yeah, like what <laughs> these two things of all fucking things are the same now? Like okay. Yeah. Fine. Here. I'm it's nice that it works too, because you would think that like it kind of would break a weird wall or something, but it, it works really nice. Also a feature that people probably don't know about if you're casual to the game like this or have never played, is that if anybody in the entire game of the 10 people have purchased something like that, anyone can open up a menu and use it. No, that's cool. Yeah, so it's really nice when great. I go into a game and I'm like, oh, somebody bought Rick and Morty, I can use it. I mean, that's really yeah. smart because if you hadn't even, if you didn't even know that it had come out, yeah. now, now you do. No, it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. I would pay top dollar for a Chris Remo voice pack. <laughs> We could make that happen. What would it even yeah. be? We could what put that. Be? You just going good. <laughs> we could put we did that a perfect example of it earlier. We could put I that in the workshop. Oh, I got a headshot. Get it. enough green lights and we'll do it. I think it. that's yeah. a great idea. It yeah. Dota announcer back with you discussing how difficult it would be to write a line for this particular. Yes. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know what's happening so here. Would, this would, seems five in a row. Good. That seems impossible. I would even. I would do one if it was me and Nick Brecken. That would be amazing. Oh my god! Yes, I would pay. I would do it. I would not do one alone. No okay, way. well, let's make it happen. You and Nick would be a great. Let's make it uh, happen. That would be the new Rick and Morty. It would be it perfect. Would not be, yeah, it would. Be, you would be so disappointed. No, I'm sorry. I would dance. not. I think it would be great. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> what you, the the goal is to just get them in front of microphones with all of the lines a bunch, like many times, to the point where it just devolves to nothing, yes. and then the magic of what that announcer pack would be would all happen in the editing when mm-hmm. you were chopping it down and catching the little oh, bits true. and pieces. Yeah. All the parts where everyone is. Just completely sick of saying these things. And yeah. Sort of Once Nick crosses over into Bad Nick territory, yeah. that's right. where you yeah, want. Yeah, that's, that's where you got to be. Yeah, yeah. You get the Bad there. Nick. Yeah. Bad Nick. The Bad Nick pack for Dota. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> there is that I well, Rick and Morty is an adult swim show. Yeah. 
and I figured that we could start oh, talking, go from talking about Rick and Morty to talking about Messhoff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Messhoff, who is the uh, creator of Nidhogg, the, the crazy uh, fencing game that we've talked about a lot over the years on Idle Thumbs, one uh, put out a more complete rev on Fly Wrench, which is a game we've talked about before and we should talk about it again. But first, Chris, I want you to talk about your experience playing Messhoff's Adult Swim Burger Flipping game. <laughs> yeah. 30 seconds. Yeah. Uh, and it looked like a disaster. So. Yeah, Messoff <laughs> released a game called Pipe Dreams, which is one word and with a Z instead of an Dang, S at the end. Source. So if you search for Pipe Dreams with a Z, you'll find a Flash game on Adult Swim and you can just play it for free on the internet. And uh, so, you know, as Jake said, Messoff is the guy who made Nidhogg and Fly Wrench. And if you've played any of his games, you know that his aesthetic is very, very lo-fi, um, kind of almost abrasive in your face visual kind of glitchy garbage noise like that. but the yeah. animations are always very crisp and expressive yeah. even though it's inside of a mess right i yeah. find that to be so in, like just uh, amazing <laughs> like i find it just be really astounding how there's, good that stuff looks yeah crisp yeah design. just how how yeah. concise and directed something like nidhogg is while being gross in yeah. messy on the edges oh, i mean also I'm the, really impressed by it also how i mean it really um the visual design really pairs with the gameplay that he tends to make, which tends to be very frenetic and uh, very twitchy and requiring like every single fucking cycle of your brain at like at all times to like, just not collapse. Um, the burger game may be quite, maybe a little bit less so, although it gets there. So I don't even, I don't even know if it's worth like discussing this game other than saying that it exists yeah. and saying that you can find it. It's you are, you have to like, Eat raw meat, I guess, without people seeing you, and you also flip burgers, and you also like are on a surfboard some of the time. Separately to that, uh, it's a weird experience, but it it can serve you know, as a lot of people eat raw meat. I mean, nothing wrong with raw meat. meat. I love like a beef tartare. Like, yeah, great. But like meal, people, but... there there's like a few people who just like eat like the chub pack of ground beef just Ooh. raw. There are, fam- there are families who raise their children to only eat raw meat, and when their children eat cooked meat, they get sick. What? That is a thing. Fucking crazy. What? Yeah, that is a thing. Because That's they, what this they... game is actually about. <laughs> <laughs> it's really an I don't actually know if the meat in the game is raw. I think I just kind of made that up. It might be. <laughs> yeah. It looks like it is. It looks like it is because it's bright red. But anyway, so um, Fly Wrench is the, the game that... The, the reason that we were talking about Mess Off at all is because a new version of this game, Fly Wrench, which came out... Before uh, Nidhogg, like years ago, mm-hmm. Fly Wrench came out originally as a free, maybe even more than that, I think, because I think it, I think more than that. I it can't, I can't free, imagine like, this is anything other than, you know, the actual wrenches that Mar- whatever his name, the mole throws at you in Super Mario levels. It's not really, it's not really. I mean, they, the movement is actually weirdly kind of similar to that, but the game is nothing okay. remote. I was hoping similar. Jake would know the name of that mole guy. <laughs> is it Marty Mole? No. Something, something weird, yeah. That's the, I think that's the name of that blind mole. I thought. Oh. Maybe not. Oh, whatever. Monty Mole. Maybe? Is it Monty Mole? Sorry, I'm sorry. Recetti. You're talking about something mole for real. Okay. Go ahead. Um, so Fly Wrench is a, a 2D, I guess arcade game is what you'd call it. Like, we don't really have a genre for, for what this is. You're controlling what is described as a spacecraft, but is basically <laughs> just an arbitrary, like, it's just a, a line. It's like a pong paddle. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a little a pong paddle. paddle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you 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 propel it by rocky wrench. Oh, right, of you course. Go. You propel it through the through like two D uh, line art levels by hitting 
up on the you know on on just your like directional arrows on the on the keyboard which then causes it to sort of get a little bit of upward momentum as it yeah as it flaps Mm. exactly right Uh, it's not dissimilar to flappy bird in what you're trying to do it is you know in a way it is it is kind of of it actually feels very much like like flappy bird or um what was the other the 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 helicopter oh uh swing copter yeah it feels very similar to either of those in that you sort of there's always a force pulling you down really right. hard, and you have to fight that by yes. flapping. Yes, and the, the thing, that, the, the additional kind of hook to it, the thing that makes, that is the unique aspect of the game, is that when you're in a in a particular move, like when you're in, like in, in the middle of a flap, or you can go into like a roll maneuver where you bounce off walls and you just, you, you um, uh, don't die when you hit walls, which you normally do you turn a different color. So normally your craft is white. When you're doing a move, you're either red or green and you will die when you touch a wall that is not the same color you are. So uh, most of the walls like are gates or something through, uh, the, through the world, right? Yeah. Some, some of them are, and some of them are just walls that you can't get through. So mm-hmm. like if you hit a green wall, but you are white or red, you will die and you instantly, the level just instantly restarts in that sort of super meat boy way of just no downtime, which is great. Um, and if you have to pass through a white gate or a red gate and you're not white or you're not red, you will die and you start over. And so you're constantly trying to negotiate, like, I have to do do this move, this, which will make me be red, but I will hit a white wall if I don't immediately let go. And because I'm letting go, I need to have the momentum that is already, I've already accrued from doing that move. Like I, I can't flap again, or I'll die because I'll be the wrong color when I hit the wall. So, so it's this constant, at that speed. exactly. Oh, so man. this constant management of like picking the right move and like gliding through the walls and at the correct color. And it, it is like I, you know, like I was saying before, like it just demands every single fucking micro unit <laughs> of your attention in a, in a really intense way. And it all swirls together with the really abrasive style of the visuals and the fluidity of the animation and the starkness of the color design and and the just like in this new version there's just the crazy visual effects that are going on in the background to create this just whole just fucked up sensory experience of like doing something incredibly demanding but also feeling like the world is just going crazy like around Super you. Is another game yeah, that. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mechanically a lot more complicated because super excellent you just move left or right, right. But, but it but it exists in, in it is yes order. yeah <laughs> yes but also we're gonna flash yeah it, ex- <laughs> it definitely yeah. exists in, in in the same aesthetic you're under a, that a, assault yes you are totally under assault and i i, I think when we talked about nit uh, i'm sorry not nit when we talked about um fly rent which is this game years ago i think i i described it as if i recall correctly on the podcast as in a way being sort of terrifying and i think some people hmm. didn't know what i meant when i said that and it probably wasn't exactly the right word to use but what i meant when i said that and what and what might be even more true with the sort of current visual design of the game is that it just puts you in a state of extreme stress because you're so you're being so taxed mentally and visually um but you can't let up or you will die and then also because every time you die the game instantly restarts there's no catching your breath like when i catch my breath in this game it's just I stop pressing anything and I die like eight times in a row because I just I respawn instantly fall down and die instantly fall down and die just bah, 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 bah. and and that's the closest you know oh. that's the closest thing you get to like taking a pause and that is stressful because you're dying a lot um it's it is just kind of like psychically overwhelming and 
it's psychically overwhelming. Yeah, it, that's it's impressive. There is something that is really compelling about it, even though um, it it feels like it's from a different time. Like I, I, I'm glad that I have that I had played Fly Wrench in the past and knew that I really loved it when I when the new one came out because the climate in which we or at least I play games now is so different. I suspect this is true for a lot of people. Games are so easily acquired on Steam and games like this are so affordable on Steam that it is it's so you it's so easy to and everyone knows this, right? The the thing everyone says about Steam is like got the backlog, got that crazy hmm. backlog. It's so easy to just not feel like a responsibility to put a lot of time into any one particular game on steam. And this game is so incredibly unsympathetic to the player, you know, like it doesn't, it's not seductive in the way that a lot of games want to be to sort of just get, keep cook you. Um, it really just demands everything of you all the time. And it, it pays that back in kind of just that intrinsic satisfaction of, of, of achieving something in a difficult game just for its own sake. And if you're not the kind of person who gets that satisfaction, which is understandable, <laughs> then there, there's no reason to, to play this game um, because it, it will not extend you any olive branches, any fucking olive twigs. Um, <laughs> but if you do like that and you can get over that initial, like this just seems impossible, you know, like this just seems bad because games shouldn't be this hard instantly, you know, which is definitely in a, like a, 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 a kind of truth that is, to, in a lot of ways, just sort of emblazoned across um, modern like design culture. Uh, if you can get past that, it's really fucking good. Like it's, it is shocking how brilliant this game design is. I and I felt that way years ago, and I playing it again now. I've like definitely reconfirmed that that belief. So it's called um, Fly Wrench, and it's by Mess Off, and you can get it on Steam now. If you nice. are one of those people who just finds it immediately impossible, like just try the way I played this game first. I super enjoyed it. I just uh, like played it with a friend and we just hot seat played it basically. Cause the know. impossibility of it was so stupid. You're just laughing at like each other's complete <laughs> yeah. failure, yeah, yeah, constant yeah. failure to, like, yeah. you know, just get through a thing. But then when you finally do get it, it's like really, really exciting and, yeah. and fun. So, you yeah. know, that does, that reminds me actually, even though it's not related to what you said, specifically but like in just talking about if you're the kind of person who you know maybe bounces off of it at first a little bit there is apparently like an easier mode in this version of the game that i didn't oh. i did not play uh, there's easy mode and there's just normal mode and i just played normal mode because i figured okay i already know that i like this i don't really need to be eased into it <laughs> i um, heard the ghost of nick brecken when you said there's an easier mode just go <laughs> <laughs> i felt that as baby i baby mode yeah as i was bypassing that mode yes i actually don't know what that what that mode contains but there is one, so may maybe you don't have to like know that you'll. The already first love level, you, you just can, spawn actually. and then you fall into the exit. <laughs> <laughs> it's that over and over again. Yeah, yeah and the next level like, again. <laughs> portal falling. Yeah, a bit yeah, that would be actually a pretty amazing troll. So just, much, if you yeah. if you built a, just an, a deviously impossible game, and you and you just included an easy mode that was just nothing. That was yeah. just, <laughs> you just ran it and it completed itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with an amazing ending. Yeah, I did it. It's just a demo recording of a professional speedrunner playing through the whole normal game. <laughs> and it's just on playback. And so you lose by pressing any key. Right, to disrupt it. <laughs> it still fully accepts input, and yours overrides that player's. So anything you do will just spoil the perfect 
meticulous play. Anyway, Fly Wrench is the name of the game. And it is and that's good. That's a slogan as well. Yeah. When it was a Milton Bradley board game. It's the name of the game. Fly Wrench. <laughs> ask for it by name. <laughs> uh, should we read some What mails? ask for it by name? Like, what else are you going to ask? How else are you going to ask well, for something? So you're like, I'd like some Tylenol. They're like, okay. And then they just give you... Acetaminophen? Just, yeah. yeah. Right. Unknown ask brand. Ask for it by name. I would like... I would like Tylenol brand headache medicine, please. Well, the entire Band-Aid marketing campaign is based on that. They all like Band-Aid brand bandage strips. Like, even the the song is I love Band-Aid brand because Band-Aid's stuck on me. Like, they work it into (laughs) everything. You gotta say Band-Aid brand. Can't just say Band-Aid. Weird. That's right by name. Can I get a Xerox machine? It's in your grocer's freezer. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a Xerox machine? Sure, in your grocer's freezer. I don't think that's what. Ask your brand. mom. <laughs> oh, that's your parents your help you hook it up. Those are my favorite old your ads, like '50s, '60s ads. It's like, go tell your mom you need this. Yes. Oh, so good. I think yeah. we kind of. I think there was like a rule against that direct marketing. Eventually, like in the '80s, we couldn't be like, go bug your mom that you need this Nerf ball. Yeah. <laughs> Until you can't breathe anymore. Marketers found it really hard until they found the loophole where they could just demand that you do something really stupid like speed or change your name to Turok. <laughs> and then they were happy again. And that happened in 2002, <laughs> weirdly. Yeah. Yeah. Same year. Hmm. Oh, hmm. It was a changing, you know, change of the guard. Ask your parents why they named you Turok. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You'll I, find a dusty N64 cartridge oh in their nightstand. God. I saw a headline today that said there were a bunch of However, all there are ten-year-old kids out there called Anakin. Oh god! <gasps> Horrible. Man. Poor children. Well, well, I remember getting an email once uh, on Little Big Planet from someone. Hopefully, they listen to this podcast. Um, and their name was Maximus. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I wonder if they were born in the year Gladiator came out. And I looked it up, and they were. <laughs> I know a guy named Maximus. I box. I box with a guy named Maximus, and he's oh, yeah? younger than me. Was he me. born in the year? Gladiator? He might yeah, have been. I think he's a college out. kid. Did he play a little big planet? Find out. Yeah, if he's a college kid. Then he wasn't. Yeah, no, no he would have been. Like he would have been a, or yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you guys want to do some reader mail? Yes. Yeah. All right. So. uh Tom Kidd writes, from Idle Thumbs 224, Sean, she's like the Shodan of this fucking bad insurance company. Jake, where's that shock series spiritual successor that's just the story about this insurance company? (laughs) Tom Kidd writes, this is hilarious until you realize that System Shock 2 is actually owned in part by an insurance company. (laughs) It's a long story and parts of it are hard to come by due to the nature of the parties involved, but I think the gist of it is that Looking Glass, in order to raise capital to make System Shock 2, sold part of the ownership of the game to an outside investor. When Looking Glass went over... Went under, I'm sorry. This investor sold his stake in the game to a company called Star Insurance, or some other kind of similar transaction occurred. Star Insurance had a reluctance to try and do anything with the game, as well as also not owning whatever publishing rights EA still had. Lots of phone calls and finagling, and finally Night Dive Studios got the thing off the ground and going. But to this day, if you go to the GOG site and see the and watch the video, it still says, Copyright 1999 Star Insurance. <laughs> so, in essence, an insurance company already owns Shodan. What could go wrong? Thanks and keep up the great work while you still can. Tom Kidd. Man, that's one of those crazy, obscure, weird things that, that people find out and then have no use for until someone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> brings yes. it up on Idle Thumbs. It makes, it, makes it 
makes me want a shock game set in an insurance company way more. It was like, well, unfortunately, so this email says, like, you know, just unfortunately, it, it, that seems like a good idea until you realize it's true. I think that he means it seems like a good idea until you realize it's the best possible idea. Yes. Now it's actually <laughs> yeah. historical yeah. fiction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that thing, that kind of thing did used to be a lot more common because computer, like, quote, independent computer game developers in the 90s, you know, like, sort of pre-modern conception of indie, but just, like, computer game studios that were just started up by people and were just run as independent companies were often bought by just companies that did various things. And they're just like, this is just, yeah, like, this is just, we're going to buy this company as part of our just overall portfolio of companies. That kind of thing happened a lot. Um, it, uh, I think in the UK as well. Um, maybe not as, maybe not as much, but, but in in, in the U S definitely and in Japan, certainly as well. Hmm. Um, Anyway, so uh, Andy Connor writes, For three years, I used to work as an audio transcriber for a company that had the contract to type up that state's police interviews. Long story short, I used to watch and listen to DVDs of interviews like those in her story all day, and I had to write down everything that was said in them. I don't think this impacted my, ex- my experience of the game much. I loved it. But I am perhaps well-placed to say this. The single most unrealistic feature of the interviews is not the gothic magical twins or the Hollywoodized psychosis. The single most unrealistic feature of the interviews is that no one ever interrupts anyone else. Seriously, when you actually listen to conversations with the task of transcribing every single word and half word said, the amount that people interrupt each other and talk over each other is staggering. Not this podcast. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Maybe 70% of every transcripts I typed for those three years looked like this. Constable. And so where, suspect, I, I, I don't constable would you have suspect <laughs> no no why you're constable <laughs> hang on where would you on the map there suspect yeah yeah no no constable on 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 the right ad infinitum they would not let us clean these up for ethical reasons i don't know how anyone managed to get anything useful out of them in some ways her story scratched a really deep itch for me that i'd forgotten about specifically how much of a relief it was back in the day when I got to transfer, transcribe an interview with a calm, respectful suspect listening carefully to the questions asked and a calm, respectful police officer who would let the suspect finish their answer before interrupting. Interviews like that were incredibly rare. Hannah's interview would have been a remarkable day of work for a lot of reasons, clearly. But over and above the story, I think I would have just enjoyed their thoughtful conversational etiquette. Thanks again, Andy. Wow, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Wow. And it makes all kinds of sense, of course. Like given what we know about sort of interrogations and given what we know about people under stress, like that's, that mm-hmm. makes sense. And of course it's something I wouldn't have thought of. Yep. Cool. Good. Lots of good <laughs> behind the scenes emails recently. <laughs> um, all right. So Chris writes, hi thumbs. I was listening to your discussion on second life and the lofty aspirations of university teaching. Uh, I was listening to your discussion on second life and the lofty aspirations of universities teaching with second life. And it stirred some latent memories of my undergraduate degree where we had a module entirely based on our interaction with Second Life. I realize now that was not perhaps a normal class to be enrolled in on a computer science course. The module consisted of us working in groups of four, getting familiar with the game, and then building houses in 10 by 10 meter plots on the virtual land belonging to our tutor, who was a Second Life enthusiast, to say the least. It was a strange experience cooperating with my classmates, who I knew in real life from classes with them and the other modules we had all working together on our PCs to awkwardly build low-res houses in Second Life with very basic scripting to open doors and windows. I think perhaps he was trying to prepare us for the 90s virtual reality cyberspace future that would inevitably await our generation after graduation. 
Anyway. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, no, he's he's over. He's done. I thought I'd share this anecdote when I was listening to the podcast. Love the show. Keep up the good work, Christian. P.S. You mentioned playing Hacknet, but none of you mentioned Uplink, the 15-year-old game of in the same vein by Introversion Software with a similar mechanic and even more of a 90s cyberpunk nostalgia. Did you all miss it? I missed it, but no, I did I have it. a 3D animation professor in grad school who was obsessed with the Second Life, and he ran an entirely separate project at Emerson College that was just building everything in Boston, every single oh, wow. building, in every Second single Life? in Second Life. Does Boston now exist in Second Life? I think it does. I mean, oh, I didn't God. really follow it much, but Somebody's he was all been in about there and it. He placed it with Lincoln Logs shaped like oh, dicks. Entirely possible, <laughs> which you know isn't too far off of Boston. Yeah, so. I was going to say <laughs> not not the furthest thing. <laughs> Oh, let's all take that, Boston. I lived there for a really long time. I think it's okay. I can say it. Uh, Bo Hagen Syrup writes... Who? Bo Hagen Syrup. Oh, cool. It's a rad news. The Swedish word for no is nay. I'm probably saying that wrong. I'm sorry. The Swedish word for no is something approximating nay. Like a horse. Mm-hmm. Thanks for a nice podcast, Chris, Nick, Nick, Jake, Ronaldo, Sean, Danielle, and Spaff. My dearest regards, Bo. Who the fuck is Bo? Ronaldo? Who is Ronaldo? Hmm. Who the fuck is Ronaldo? I can't, I can't remember why. I feel like That's I... Re- the beginning of our viral campaign. Also. Who is Ronaldo? <laughs> Name your kid Ronaldo and get free adult thumbs in your inbox forever. <laughs> she subscribed to us at soundcloud.com slash idle thumbs. Rate us on iTunes. Name your kid Rolando and get an old iOS game. <laughs> That's not even the right name. <laughs> Rolando. Name your kid whatever they name is slash thumbs for a discount. (laughs) (laughs) This is our child, Rebecca slash thumbs. (laughs) We got 20% off Sherry's berries now. No, it's Becky. Forever. (laughs) Where the fuck's our nature box? (laughs) Um, Neom Schoenherr writes, hey all. When you mention the Petman story, I'm surprised you missed the most horrifying part. When the uh, scientists are describing testing Petman's balance, they don't just swing a comically large ball at it. The researcher also says that sometimes they kick it. So they're making a lumbering terrorbot and kicking it. Oh my god. Listen, Any- we know all about the kicking. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, the we've seen the slow, the slow motion oh, poor Petman. Free glorified Petman. kicking. And big dogs. Don't free Don't free Petman. Are you kidding? Don't free Petman. That's what he hopes. Yeah. Petman and Hitchbot both. Just the sad story. Petman and Hitchbot. Is the Neil Blomkamp movie that? Happy <laughs> 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 Tears. One's a hippie hitchhiker. The other one's a killbot that knows nothing but death and, oh. and balancing. And balancing. Would... <laughs> balancing. <laughs> so um, he has to carry Hitchbot, even though Hitchbot's all messed up. And so he's yeah. like, you know, off to the That's side. The <laughs> yeah, like Bolt's just peeling off in slow. <laughs> Hitchbot got like fucked up and abandoned, and they lost him. They sent Patman to find out where That's he is. It! <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so it turns out I mispronounced this reader's name. She sent a pronunciation guide at the bottom of the email. Uh, her name is Niav Schoenherr. Uh, and there's an entire rest of the email, which is, um, I figured I'd share my own little story about a celebrity. I work for a video archive in Chicago. My boss who founded the archive is a producer who did a lot of documentary work and who is also a founding member of an organization called TVTV. I don't think many people remember TVTV, but it counted among its ranks a number of people who would eventually become pretty famous, namely Harold Ramis, Christopher Guest, and Bill Murray. Hmm. Um, I've unfortunately never met Bill Murray myself, but I did make a DVD for him. My boss, specifically for him, my boss found some old footage he'd shot of Bill playing a game of baseball as a St. Paul Saint. 
I think Bill actually owned or partially owned the Saints, and for whatever reason, he ended up playing as a player once, probably as a publicity stunt for the team. The footage wasn't the best, so my boss asked me to cut it down to the good parts and make a DVD of it to give to Bill. I tried to trim it down to parts where Bill was actually on camera, but there was this entire section where my boss got completely distracted by a guy with a pet pig. It's 15 minutes of him recording footage of a pig wearing a jersey and a baseball cap. I left it all in, even though, even though that made it over half of the video, and I made the pig be the main image on the DVD. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm sad, I just remember that Bill Murray owns a DVD I made ostensibly about him playing for the Saints, but is in fact mostly a pig wearing a Saints jersey and a hat. The only, the only feedback I got on it was one day as my boss was leaving the office, he just said, Bill said he liked the DVD and left. Oh, man. I bet he loved that Thanks DVD. for all the laughs. Yeah. Mia of Shonair. Very good. <laughs> Brilliant. So, uh, Excuse yeah. Me. That's, that's great. That. It's a good note. Solid to go reader on. mail this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots reader of good stuff. Reader mail has been really, like, top notch. We You can send us your own excellent reader mail. Excellent reader mail only, please. <laughs> you, the bar has been set. You've heard yeah. it yourself, reader. I mean, you can send whatever you want, but if I'm just going to read the excellent ones. Bill Murray of a pig playing <laughs> Saints play football. Can no. you ma- can no, you make the thumbnail of this episode be a pig playing baseball? Is that oh, possible? that's a great idea. <laughs> I don't oh, so that was actually a professional football team? No, I don't think so. I was just, it must have been a... I, was, I figured that was like this, lower league. Is this an Airbud joke? Is this In my brain, I couldn't guy? shake it, though. And I was having a hard time with the email. <laughs> couldn't shake it. Cool. Air, air babe. Air babe. If you have that stupendous reader mail, please send it to questions at idlethumbs.net. Please do. Danielle. Please do. I have a lot of questions. I should, well, I should just, write it. Just send them the questions that I have a thumbs up. You're going to write them in. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Sketchbook. You can draw, doodle, design, color inside or outside the lines. It's totally up to you, Christopher Remo. Oh, man. You have the power with Sketchbook, I a digital drawing app for Windows, Mac, iOS, and Android that encourage you, encourages you to express yourself wherever you happen to be. You can check it out uh, at sketchbook.com slash thumbs to start your free trial with no credit card required. That's sketchbook.com slash thumbs. Thanks, Sketchbook. Also, if you enjoy this podcast, you can find us on iTunes where uh, you can leave us a review or a rating, both of which help us out a lot. And to find us very easily on iTunes, we now have our own provider page on iTunes. If you go to iTunes.com slash Idle Thumbs, you will find all of the shows on the Idle Thumbs network all on our our own iTunes page. They're all um, there and you can browse them by category if you want. Not that there are all that many, but they're all there. You can you can rate and review them all and uh, subscribe to them easily. iTunes.com slash Idle Thumbs. They're all there. It's cool now. Cool. Winner. Yep. <laughs>